0: Hi, I'm Phil Moorhart, Associate Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast. This Thursday, it begins. The 2018 American Library Association's annual conference in New Orleans, Thousands of librarians, library workers, book vendors, students, scholars, and more will descend upon the Crescent City for five days of programs, speakers, exhibit hall wanderings, and much more. It'll be a packed, long, long weekend, but the action isn't limited to the confines of the Ernest and Morial Convention Center. I mean, come on, we're going to be in New Orleans, people. A city known for its pleasures, be it food, music, historical sites, nightlife, you name it. You can probably find it in New Orleans. So so what should you do? What do you do in such a city? Today, on the Dewey Decimal Podcast, we get must see and much eat recommendations from two folks who know the city well. First, American Libraries Associate Editor Tara Dinkowski. Talks with David Slater. He's the Director of Culinary Development at Emerald's Home Base. Yes, that Emerald. The famed New Orleans chef Emerald Legacy. The BAM guy. David shares his favorite places to eat in the city and much more with Tara. Next, I talk with Shelley Lister. She's a librarian and public relations and community coordinator at St. Tammany Parish Library. St. Tammany Parish produces an excellent podcast on New Orleans culture and literacy, and uh, Shelley's a regular on the show. She and I discuss the city's literary landmarks, as well as some of her favorite off-the-beaten-track favorite places in New Orleans. But first, a word from a sponsor. It's almost that time of the year again. Can you feel it? The electricity, it's in the air. Are you ready? Are you ready to laissez les bon temps brûlés with several thousand of your friends and peers? Then head to New Orleans, June 21st through 26th for the 2018 ALA Annual Conference and Exhibition, the world's number one library event of the year. This year, we have unforgettable speakers, including former First Lady Michelle Obama, actor Sally Field and Viola Davis, journalist Jose Antonio Vargas, and historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. You can attend hundreds of panels, forums, and discussions, including a very special podcast panel hosted by yours truly on Sunday, June 24th. And you can visit the famed exhibit hall with hundreds of vendor booths and much, much more. So please, join us. You'll be glad you did. You won't regret it. Visit 2018.alaannual.org for more details. We'll see you in New Orleans. David Slater has an enviable job. As director of culinary development at Emerald Lagasse's home base, he works closely with the famed New Orleans chef, developing fare for his many restaurants around the country and in New Orleans. So David was a natural person to talk, uh, talk with about what and where to eat in New Orleans. American Libraries' associate editor, Taryn Dinkowski, has more. <laughs>
1: here with Chef David Slater, who was for years the Chef de Cuisine at Emerald's New Orleans. Uh, David, thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, Tara.
1: Um, so you've been promoted to a newish role in the Emerald family. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I was the Chef of Emerald's uh, flagship restaurant on Chapa Tula's in the Warehouse District in New Orleans for almost 10 years. And uh, and now I'm um, I'm You know, um, I'm a, my, my title is a director of culinary development. So I'm working with the chefs at our other properties and, um, you know, just, uh, helping them evolve.
1: That's great. And, uh, so I just wanted to ask, you know, for a lot of people, Emerald's brand kind of represents the, the Creole and the Cajun cooking New Orleans is known for. Um, what, what were some of your favorite dishes, you know, when you were, when you were there?
2: Well, Emerald created, um, Coined, he coined the term new New Orleans cuisine, so he he was the first one to really take, um, you know, classic New Orleans dishes and put a twist on them. You know, give them kind of, you know, international flair and just use different, you know, local ingredients to and use different techniques to kind of represent New Orleans food. So that's kind of what I did at Emeralds. But there are some plays on classic dishes that were some of my favorites, which were our version of barbecue shrimp, which is a you know classic Worcestershire-based shrimp dish. Uh, with a lot of lemon, garlic, local uh, Louisiana shrimp, and we actually make ours a little more um, approachable by adding a little more heavy cream to kind of give it a little more finesse, and uh, that was one of my favorites. Um, we used to do this huge uh, grilled local um, pork chop made with local pork, uh, smothered in a green chili mole sauce with tamarind glaze, and uh roasted sweet potatoes which was one of our best selling items which was also one of my favorites also of course we serve incredible gumbo every day you know ranging from seafood to chicken and andouille gumbo with okra uh sometimes duck and mushroom gumbo we kind of you know like to play with our gumbo a little bit um you know just a, a you know a lot of plays on new orleans classic dishes
1: That's great um and yeah since you've been there for so long i just wanted to pick your brain on some of the, some more of the off the beaten path kind of options. You know, we've got 20,000 librarians coming to your town this weekend. We <laughs> and we to... and
2: we have a and we have a lot of restaurants.
1: Yeah, um, you we, do. We have
2: we have we have four restaurants in the city. New Orleans is very neighborhoody, and um, you know everyone tends to go to you know everyone who lives in a certain neighborhood tends to go to the restaurants in their neighborhood. Um, but you know, obviously Emeralds, which has been open, which our flagship which has been open for almost 30 years, um, is in the Warehouse District. Um Which is a little more emphasis on local ingredients, and you know it 's in a transformed warehouse with uh incredible food and service. you also have Merrill, which is our sorry
1: oh yeah, and it 's super close to the convention center
2: super close to the convention center, and also we have Merrill, which is our newest restaurant in New Orleans, which was named after emerald 's daughter Merrill and um it 's just an energetic eclectic, you know more casual vibe, and that 's kind of right across from Emerald's on Gerard Street.
1: Uh, so what would you say are some kind of quintessential but not too touristy spots that have more of that, you know, New Orleans style or new New Orleans style food?
2: Well, New Orleans style has changed quite a bit in the last little while, you know, ever since Hurricane Katrina. I mean, there are the quintessential New Orleans restaurants. You can, you know, you can go to one of my favorites is uptown New Orleans called Clancy's where you're getting, you know, really local um indigenous cuisine Local, local ingredients. We love to go, you know, eat boiled crawfish all the time. Um, there's a place on the West Bank I like to go to called Perino's Boiling Pot. You'd have to take an Uber there from the convention center, but you know, it's a really interesting place. More Cajun style, boiled boiled crawfish, taxidermy on the walls, stuffed crabs, (laughs) really interesting place. And, um, I also like to go to this place in Old Metro called Galley Seafood, which is, um, kind of a local spot that does great boiled crawfish as well.
1: And so where would you go for um, other stuff like oysters or Gulf shrimp? Do you have do you have favorites for other um, kind of local seafood?
2: Absolutely. So on Magazine Street, um, we have a place for oysters called Casamento's, which has incredible fried oysters as well as a lot of other New Orleans dishes as well. Um, there's Acne Oyster House, of course, in the French Quarter, which does an amazing job shucking oysters. There's always a huge line. Um, but they have a you know, and and they have a um, you know, an oyster sh- an oyster shucker just shucking away all day long. All right, so for for seafood, I love I love passion the warehouse district as well. They do a great job with local seafood, um, amazing oysters, whole roasted fish, um, great Gulf shrimp, stuff like that. Um, Pascal's Pascal Manalis, which is uptown, which is the classic. Uh, barbecue shrimp place uptown, which also has an amazing, uh, oyster bar as well. I love that. Um, so those are, those are kind of, those are my seafood spots.
1: Awesome. Now, do you, uh, New Orleans has a huge, um, Vietnamese influence too. Would you, do you have any favorite places, you know, Absolutely. To-
2: so in New Orleans, we eat Vietnamese food probably about three, four times a week. Also, it's really well-priced and there's so many and it's really authentic because we have such a huge Vietnamese population. So my favorite places is, you'd also have to take an Uber there. <laughs> um, I go to the West Bank uh, to a place called Tan Din and T-A-N-D-I-N-H and um, it's on Lafayette Street and they have amazing Vietnamese food, amazing pho, all kinds of other dishes as well. Um, there's also a place a little bit closer on Tulane Avenue called Fotel Bay, which used to be on the West Bank, but they moved, you know, pretty much into downtown New Orleans, and that's really good as well.
1: That sounds good. Um, so I'd say a fair amount of our membership is vegetarian. Are there any vegetable-forward menus or markets that you could recommend?
2: There are. So um, there's, a, there's a really good vegetarian restaurant in the French Quarter called Green Goddess, and they have, you know, um, it's not only salads. Obviously, it's it's kind of interesting plays on New Orleans and interna- international food. But it's completely, you know, they have tons of vegetarian dishes. Um, a lot of restaurants also off, offer in New Orleans. They offer a lot of vegetarian op- uh, options, considering how popular um, how popular that cuisines become. And uh, um, oh, so in my na- I, I live in a neighborhood. Um, called the Bywater, which is, uh, literally by the water. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's right beside the Marini neighborhood. And there's a place called Bacchanal. And Bacchanal is an amazing, um, it started off as a wine store and became a backyard patio music venue that serves awesome food with tons of vegetarian options as well. And it's also like one of the most incredible scenes in New Orleans as well. So I highly recommend it.
1: Fantastic. Um, so yeah, you, you talked about living in Bywater. Um, so say a person isn't exactly sure what they want to eat, and they just kind of want to walk around a neighborhood and, and nibble around. So there's
2: tons, um, and, there, and there's tons of great um, restaurants in the Bywater that are within walking yeah. distance. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah. So um, in the Rice Mill Lofts in the Bywater, which is on Charter Street, Charters and Montague, um, you have Bywater American Bistro, mm-hmm. which is Nina Compton's mm-hmm. new restaurant. Nina Compton. Um, is an incredible chef that also has a restaurant called Compare Le Pan in the warehouse district. Um, really good food and also some vegetarian options there as well. Um, really creative um, dishes with you know made with predominantly local ingredients. Um Bacchanal, like I said, close by is a restaurant called Paladar 511, which is really incredible, also a few vegetarian options and um Really amazing, uh, really amazing ingredient-driven food in a very casual setting. I also love um, on Decatur Street in the French Quarter. We can talk about the French Quarter now. Yeah, uh, let's have, go for uh, it.
3: Can-
2: we have <laughs> we have Cane and Table. Um, cane and Table is a it's a craft cocktail bar that also serves really good food. Um, I really I like that a lot. Also, we have a restaurant in the French Quarter as well called Nola. Also fun with lots of vegetarian options and really interesting plays on on New Orleans classics.
1: Wow, you gave us a lot to think about. I know there's so much. (laughs) Uh, Switching gears, that's great. I mean, you love your city.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Switching gears, what about what about cocktails? Like, what are some kind of relaxed, not too noisy places for a drink?
2: Well. Everything gets a little noisy in New Orleans, but um, on on Rampart Street uh, there's a place called Tonique, um, which is a really cool co- uh, craft cocktail bar, um, which is a nice place. Sometimes it's incredibly busy, sometimes it's not. But it's a pretty funky setting. And, um, they make incredible drinks. Um, Cane and Table, like I said, is one of my favorite craft cocktail bars, and uh, they do a really good job. If you go all the way uptown to Perrette Street, um, the same owners of Cane and Table also have their flagship called Cure, um, which just won a James Beard Award, which is an incredible place to grab an interesting cocktail. And just walking through New Orleans anywhere you go, you can find you can dip in somewhere to grab a to grab a drink and and you know, and and, and a good time. Um I love across from Nola restaurant in the French Quarter is the Napoleon House, um, which is a which is a Really old restaurant that's a really cool place to sit down and have a, a, a Pimm's cup.
1: I like a Pimm's. I like a Pimm's. Yeah. Um, so what are your opinions on beignets? Are you a fan? Do you have a go-to spot?
2: I do. I mean, Café du Monde, I think, are the best beignets in New Orleans. And uh, they're right on Decatur Street. And, you know, sometimes there's a line. Actually, there's always a line 24 <laughs> hours a day. They're open 24 hours a day. But I highly recommend you find time during the day. To go grab some of those and cover your face in powdered sugar. Because I'm it's, looking uh, forward to my 2am. And the Cafe Olay there, the there is pretty good as well. Oh, also yeah. coffee in New Orleans is getting, you know, is getting a lot more interesting too. We have some amazing coffee places too. Um, also in the French Quarters, Spitfire Coffee, which is on St. Peter Street. And they do an amazing job with, uh, you know, with, with, with just craft coffee drinks and also a place called Arrow Coffee on um Rampart Street, which is also incredible coffee if you're in the mood for a coffee buzz.
1: Yeah, I mean these people are going to need it for conference. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess in closing, um David, I just want to ask if there's any place that's particularly close to your heart or something we forgot or something that you think is overrated or doesn't get you know the exposure it deserves.
2: Um I really you know what I really love uh Susan Spicer's restaurants. And Susan's been cooking in New Orleans for a long time, um, just as long as Emerald has as well. And she has uh, a couple of restaurants in Mid City, uh, and one in the French Quarter. Um, in Mid City, she has Mondo, um, which is, you know, more let's let's you know local ingredients with international with international uh, techniques. And she also has Rosedale, which is a little more casual spot in Mid City for Great New Orleans Fair. And she also has um, Bayona in the French Quarter, which is, you know, a little more fine dining. But, you know, the menu hasn't changed much in years, but it is so consistent and it's so amazing. I really I really love her style of, of cooking.
0: St. Tammany Parish Library on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain produces one of the library world's longest running podcasts. It's been going on for more than a decade now. And it touches on everything from music and literature to history, but all focused on the city of New Orleans. Shelly Lister, she's a librarian and public relations and community coordinator at St. Tammany Parish Library, is a regular on the podcast, and she joined me here at the Dewey Decimal Podcast to discuss the many literary landmarks throughout the city that annual attendees must see while they're in town, from Tennessee Williams and William Faulkner Haunts to the stately mansion that Anne Rice once called home. We also dive into Shelley's favorite off-the-beaten path, New Orleans destinations.
3: Hey, we're here with Shelley Lister from St. Tammany Parish. Shelly, welcome to the Dewey Decimal Podcast.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Um, now Shelley, as you know, um uh this coming up weekend uh Thousands and thousands of librarians are going to be descending upon your city for the ALA, uh, annual conference, 2018 annual conference. And, um, we wanted to, to, to get, uh, the perspective, the city perspective, some insight, insights to your city from one of our favorite podcasts, from the host of one of our favorite podcasts, the St. Tammany Parish, uh, podcast. Um, but before we start, I want to, let's talk a bit about the podcast for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with it. Now, you've been doing this, this podcast for like over a decade now, correct?
4: We have, yes, we started back in 2007, and um, when our podcast creator whose name is Benny Bruce um noticed that podcasting was a great way that we could not only let our patrons know about what we're doing, but we could also archive entire programs that people weren't able to attend in person so they could listen over the podcast. So we we have been doing that for over a decade.
3: Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating podcast for any of our listeners who Go to the st. org and, um, it's a slash, uh, you can find the on pro- the, the podcast on the website. And there's like author interviews and you, you focus local music and local historians and, um, it's, it's really just a fascinating collection. I think you're up to episode like 110 now if I, if I'm correct. Um, it's just, yeah, there's a lot to dive into.
4: Here we are at episode 110. We, um, can be found on the iTunes stores and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts
3: awesome yeah yeah even if even if i mean we're we're located here at alien headquarters in chicago and we listen to this podcast you know, it's not just a, a local it's local new orleans but i think it has a universal um appeal so definitely check it out um but to that speaking of new orleans let's let's talk a bit about the city i know we're going to have uh, some librarians uh in new orleans and i know that they're going to be looking for places to go things to do specifically uh being librarians uh some some literary landmarks and uh things of that uh nature. Uh Shelley, what um do you think uh, I guess for someone like me, I this is going to be my first time in New Orleans. Um, for someone like me, what what are the essentials? What as far as literary landmarks go, what should I see?
4: Well, there's plenty to see. Um, New Orleans has been called the muse of many great authors, and um, the first of those being Tennessee Williams, who lived in New Orleans for more than 40 years and called it his spiritual home. Um, he loved New Orleans, and New Orleans loved him right back. Um, each March, New Orleans houses the Tennessee Williams New Orleans Literary Festival, where thousands of men come to compete in a Brando-esque stellar- Screamathon. Okay. So, so, New Orleans is a great place. I love Tennessee Williams and lots of other authors. So, while you're here, if you want to go see where Williams wrote um, *A Streetcar Named Desire*, there's 632 St. Peter Street. Is that is the condo? Actually, it's a private residence, but I'm sure tons of people stop by and scream Stella all the time. <laughs> so, if the librarians would like to get out there and do that, that would be awesome. It's New Orleans. Anything goes. So, screaming Stella would not be a big deal.
3: Awesome. I think I'll probably do that.
4: Yeah. (laughs) We also, if anyone's looking for scholarly research while they're here, there's also the Williams Research Center that's part of the New Orleans collection, and it's the largest private collection of Tennessee Williams-related materials. So if someone wanted to get a little deeper into that, they could. And actually, also, there's a restaurant in New Orleans called Stanley. It's at 547 St. Ann Street, and you can order eggs, Stanley which includes cornmeal-crusted oysters, poached eggs, Canadian bacon, and Creole hollandaise on an English muffin.
3: Oh wow, that's that sounds incredible.
4: I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure that it is. So that's some of our Tennessee Williams-related landmarks, and we also, of course, William Faulkner loved New Orleans, and you can visit the place where he lived and wrote, and it's now the Faulkner House Books bookstore at 624 Pirates Alley, and it's been called America's most charming bookstore. It houses fine literature and rare editions.
3: Oh, awesome. Great. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that place is going to be packed.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and then if you wanted a selfie spot, um, John Kennedy tools a confederacy of dunces. um, There's a statue of Ignatius Riley, the main character, in front of the Hyatt French Quarter Hotel, if anyone is staying there, so you can grab a selfie while you're here. Um, And then if anyone is a big fan of Anne Rice, she lived in New Orleans for quite a long time. You can see her former home, which is at 1239 First Street in New Orleans. And then last – I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, I've seen photos of the house, and it's it's where you'd expect Anne Rice to have lived. (laughs) Yes.
4: And then, last but not least, for literary stops, you have to go to the Carousel Bar at the Hotel Leon, which is at 214 Royal Street. And there have been tons of amazing authors who have raised a glass in the bar, um, and including Tennessee Williams and Truman Capote, Eudora Welty, and other great authors. In fact, there's a really Great picture on the Hotel Montleon's website of Tennessee Williams in um, aviator classes and an ascot with his arms around, Truman Capote with his head thrown back in laughter, and Truman's got a drink in his hand, probably a Sazerac, one of their signature cocktails. It's it's just really great. So there's been all sorts of people who have, authors who have stayed there. It's actually, the Hotel Montleon is one of only three literary landmark hotels in the United States. You can stay in the William Faulkner Suite, or the Truman Capote Suite, the Tennessee Williams Suite, the Ernest Hemingway Suite, or the Eudora Welty Suite when you're in New Orleans. If you have a little extra time.
3: Oh wow, that's that's perfect. These are all perfect. Um, I'm actually going to try to hit all of them because I have a couple of days uh, to myself in New Orleans. So yeah, these are are amazing. Now, um, so yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah. you know, aside aside from the um, the literary landmarks, I want to know what what are some of your personal uh, favorite things to do in the city. Some like, you know, off the beaten path things that you might, we might not find in like your, your, your travel guide or, or, um, or travel website. What's, um, what are, what are some Shelly picks?
4: <laughs> well, one of my favorite places to go in New Orleans is Frenchman Street. It's, um, a great little street in the Marigny, which houses, um, clubs as well as restaurants and art. There's art markets as well. So it's got um, the Spotty Cat, where you can hear great jazz, and Cafe Negril, Grill, which is a little more kind of reggae and DBA and the three muses. And then in the evening, because everything happens on freshmen in the evening, there's two art markets, as I mentioned, and they're open until at least midnight. So if there are any librarians who want to take in a late night of fun in New Orleans, you can do that. And there's also local restaurants like Dat Dog, where you can find a crawfish dog an alligator dog, and veggie dogs, too.
3: Oh, wow. Amazing.
4: (laughs) I also love Rock and Bowl, which is at 3000 South Carrollton, which is uniquely New Orleans. It combines a live music venue complete with bar and a dance floor with bowling. So I looked it up, and during ALA, they'll be featuring Zydeco Music, Soul Music, and Deacon John, who is a New Orleans legend. So if anybody has time to stop over there one evening, that would be a great place to go, to.
0: That wraps another episode of the Dewey Decibel Podcast. I'd like to thank David Slater and Shelley Lister for joining us today. Their picks of things to do in New Orleans are fascinating and invaluable. So if you're there, get out do all the things, you won't regret it. Uh, Next month, we have another new episode. So please join us again next month uh, as we look at cybersecurity issues affecting libraries. Uh, We have many, many things to talk about, some great guests, so please join us. Also, speaking of joining us, you can join the conversation at Facebook and Twitter. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Or you can shoot me an email at deweydecibel at ALA.org. We want to hear from you. What you like, what you don't like, story ideas, anything, let us know. Also, don't forget, if you find yourself in New Orleans this weekend for annual, join us in the Convention Center at 1 p.m. on Sunday, June 24th for So You Want to Podcast. It's a panel discussion hosted by me, featuring panelists from some of the library world's best podcasts. Please come in, say hello. We want to see you. Until next month, I'm Phil Morehart, Associate Editor of American Libraries, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast.